Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, interviewing on Skype. Part one. Here we go. Certainly five years ago or six years ago, I would have never imagined we'd be talking about this, but we've been getting lots of questions about Skype interviews and for oh, a yeah. while. Yeah. And I imagine that the number of times this happens is only going to increase in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I remember specifically a good friend of mine, Tim Decker, years ago calling me for a, he was getting ready for a video interview with a, an executive friend of mine at USAA. And it was just a standard video interview. And I gave him some some tips. And I remember telling him this is a good sign because, you know, they could do a phone interview, but a video interview is in, is the next step and it's before a face-to-face, you know, in-person kind of thing. I'm kind of surprised about that because I, I thought video interviewing would become much more prevalent or common than it has been. The only issue was cost, dude. Cost in terms of dollars and bandwidth often, but also deployability that you had to have, you know, people thought that you had to have a full-size TV, uh, you know, and a good camera and so on. And what people have learned with the advent of cameras on phones and better and better and better. Remember the first phones cameras we had were a joke, grainy, terribly small pictures. And yet it basically transformed photography And, and in ways that professional photographers would say are good. Same thing's true here. The quality is not Cisco telepresence, which is a cool thing if you've ever experienced it. And it's completely serviceable for what you need to do at a fraction of the cost. Yeah, it's so cheap. <laughs> so yeah, it's like cheap. It's cheap. <laughs> and, and look, what part, part of the reason why it's, it's a lot cheaper is we now have bandwidth deployed. You know, the, the bandwidth didn't exist 20 years ago. It did not. There wasn't the build out of the infrastructure to allow that amount of traffic. That's part of the value. You know, we, I, I just was thinking about going to New Zealand and was reading about an executive who's coming back from New Zealand and they have to lay cable to New Zealand from, to the US and also I believe to China as well to Asia in part, and Japan in part because they don't even think about downloading. Now, this is, this is late 2011. They don't even think about downloading a movie over the internet because it'll take a day. Um, It's a combination of things. And I would say that if you had told an executive 20 years ago, what about videotape, video and interview, but really bad quality, they would say, oh, well, then we can't do it. But what we've discovered with the ubiquity of of bandwidth and therefore, you know, file sizes keeping up with it, the relative value of a Skype interview and seeing someone's face as opposed to a phone interview, since the cost is no different, right – Right. Compared to the value of the quality that people used to get, there's just it, it totally changed the game. Here's the thing, though, about cost as well. Because it's so cheap and because webcams are not very expensive and right. most folks have bandwidth, since the, the, the barriers are so low, a lot of companies assume that you're going to be able to do it. Right. It's a reasonable assumption on their part that you would be able to do a Skype video interview. Yes, exactly. That's part of the build out and the and the, the bandwidth availability and so on. Yeah, because you don't have to go somewhere. It's not a logistical hassle. Companies used to there were companies that were in the business of contracting out spaces that they had video conference thing. It wasn't was an effective business model because the economics were changing. But yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is career tools. Okay, you're likely to be asked to do a Skype interview. The question becomes, 
for Career Tools listeners, what do you do? So it's a very straightforward, there are three basic big picture steps here. The first thing you've got to do is prepare just like you would for any other interview. It's an interview, whether you close your eyes, whether you're over the phone, whether you're face-to-face, whether you're in video or not, the form of an interview can hurt you or it can help you. The more data companies get, the more prepared you are will help you more, and the less prepared you are, the more that will show. So if you're not well prepared, a phone interview is better than Skype because you won't look and feel unprepared. You'll only sound unprepared. So you've got to do your preparation. That's the first thing. And for those of you who are listeners and have listened to the interviewing series, this is nothing new, but we're going to say it again. Preparation for interviewing is always the key, and preparation to the point of ad nauseum. So even though you think, oh, I might sound rehearsed, trust me, you will not sound rehearsed. It can't happen. Okay. And then number two, you've got to prepare for the special conditions that exist with Skype. You know, I'll tell you, I'm amazed. People think, oh, it's Skype. It's cheap. It's no problem. So I'll just use my typical chair and I'll dress comfortably and everything. No, you've got to dress the part. You're going to be wearing a suit. You got to sit up. You got to pay attention. Sitting up is something I literally, I think there are some people who don't know what we mean. I think partially because it's used to suggest a domineering parent when in fact sitting up generally means moving your your rear end to the back of the chair so your your back, your spine is more vertical. You've got to pay attention. You've got to practice looking at the camera. Huge mistake people make. And then on the day, there's some things that you do to make yourself more effective in a Skype interview on the day of the interview. You've got to be careful about what you're doing in the background. You've got to minimize other data loans, data loads on your system, on your Wi-Fi or your broadband or whatever in terms of anybody else, what people are doing. If, if your kids are playing games online, it's 8 o'clock at night. That's going to affect your Skype call. So you've got to do some things technologically. You've got to close other systems down on the computer you're using. You absolutely still can have notes. I don't know why. You know, we recommend in a, in a phone interview that you do it in your bedroom and you have large-scale printed notes on the bed as you stand up when you're doing a, a phone interview so you sound better. Same thing true here. You can have notes. You've totally got to be ready, ready ahead of time. And we talk about this in phone interviews. you got to lock the door to your room. Simple as that. I mean, you cannot – geez, the idea of, excuse me for a minute, there's something going on in the house. You know, better be the house burning down. That would not happen if they had flown you in. So therefore, you have to act as if it's not happening in the next room. Yep. Now, folks, it doesn't matter what kind of interview you're going to, whether it's an informational conversation over coffee or a presentation to a board of directors, an interview is an interview. And yeah, you've yeah. got to prepare days before for a Skype interview, just like any other interview. You know, I got so good at phone interviewing over the years, I probably would default to it, but I'm frankly wrong about that because so many people will prepare for a Skype interview like a phone interview, and then I have yet more data to say no to them. And I know that makes me sound like a bad person, but if you've not been listening to Career Tools for the last three or four or five years, folks, interviewing is about saying no. That's the whole point of interviewing is to rule people out. And great interviewers look for reasons to say no. The fact is I'm good at phone interviewing. I close my eyes. I listen well. I hear all kinds of things because I've done it thousands of times. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm good at it compared to everybody else. I'm good at it only because I've done a lot. And any one of you who are listening can become very good at phone interviewing. But I would simply say don't bother. You need to be tolerable at phone interviewing. You need to be really good at Skype interviewing. And it's amazing to me the number of people who just get caught a little bit flat-footed. 
And I think in part it's because Skype has become such a low barrier. It's as low a barrier as a phone call. And so people really think it's okay to not look sharp on a Skype call. I mean, we had a we had a, a, a cast of maybe a year or so ago about managing remote workers and how you, you need to see them every once in a while. They need to have a webcam and you need to be able to turn it on. And if they won't turn it on, you've got a problem there in terms of their professionalism, their organization, and so on. So look, interviewers expect you to be sharp and focused and knowledgeable when they interview you. They always expect you to be able to talk about yourself and your experience and how it's relevant to their needs in an eloquent way, right? They always expect you to ask smart questions. These are things recruiters know they can expect. Certainly in the economy that we have now, it is certainly a buyer's market. You have to be better prepared than other people. I know that makes it harder. Yes, it's harder. Okay. And Horseman's you know, ninth law, embrace reality. It doesn't matter who the company is. It doesn't matter who the interviewer is or the job or the skills. Every interview hopes for that moment. The interviewer hopes for that moment when you realize, I think I may have a good person here. I can't find a reason to say no. And that's a great moment. You get to choose that candidate. So it can be a no-brainer. No In any given group that you're going to interview, there's a few really, really bad candidates. There's a bunch of average that are probably tolerable to somebody who's not as good an interviewer as you are, career to listener. And if you're lucky one that totally blows you away, right? If you want to be the one that blows away the hiring manager, if you're the interviewee, you have got to be prepared. Look, and I'll tell you what most people do. I think when I ask people, hey, <laughs> I, I, I was hoping I, you were going to explain I that. <laughs> how, many, how many people have told us this? It just kills me. They say, oh, yeah, I'm prepared. I read over my resume this morning. got it all in my head. Okay, fine. It's not that. It is, you did every single thing Mark and Mike told you to do in the interviewing series. You spent 16 hours on the general store exercise, which is part of the interviewing series. I'm that prepared. I have my three by five cards done. They're dog-eared because I've worn them out. I have audio taped myself and listened to it that evening after I tape myself in the morning. I videotape myself and then look at it the next day so that I'm, I have a fresh set of eyes when I'm looking at it. I've already written the addresses on my thank you cards, that kind of prepared. I mean, game of your life kind of prepared. In a market like this, and frankly, if you learn in this market, if you learn to be self-reliant and to bust your tail in this market, when the market is good, you'll have yet another opportunity to distinguish yourself for the job of your dreams. Right. When we say prepare like that, it's not like you did that a week ago or three interviews ago. So you have to do that for every single interview. Whatever the job, whatever stage you're at, every single time, that kind of preparedness. Yeah, the Christmas rule says anything you do rarely, like annually, that's important to you is going to be hard. You're going to be tired at the end of it, just like you are at the end of the, the holiday season, at the end of the calendar year in, the, in, the, in Western Europe and the United States. And frankly, that's what interviewing is. The Christmas rule applies. You should be really, really good at it, but you don't do that often, so you stink at it, and it's important to you. You've got to make it happen. If you're thinking you're going to be interviewing in the next six months, you've got to start doing some simple preparation now. And by the way, rushed preparation is really not preparation. It's cramming for a test. Think about it. If somebody said to you, oh, yeah, I was cramming for the test, how many of you honestly can say you don't draw the conclusion that person wasn't prepared and thinks that cramming is the same thing as being ready, right? That's not how you prepare. Preparing means having a plan and working the plan. And it may take months. 
And some, some people have said, boy, the interviewing series asks to do a lot. I said, yeah, and if you do it a lot, it's easy. Once you've got it, you've got it, and you, you stay toned in that. And once you learn how to do it, the rest of your career, you begin to see more and more examples of, yeah, that's, an, that's something I need to put in my back pocket for the interviewing, for my general store exercise and for interviewing. Yeah, I, I, learned, I learned that back at, uh, at West Point. Now, did you, did you ever cram for, for tests? Did you ever have to do that? You're, you're, you're just too bright. You probably never had to. No, I, I never did. I, did. I did learn how to drink coffee. Um, my freshman year, first semester, and I did actually put no-dos in it a couple of times, which for those of you who don't know, it's just caffeine pills. It would be the equivalent of a five-hour energy or a Red Bull or something like that. And I did not like the day after finals. Uh, no, but, I kicked, but I kicked some serious butt on finals. No, I didn't cram. I just, I just studied for the week before. I'll tell you, my, my sophomore year... I did all my homework. I studied. I studied every weekend. I was on top yeah, of my You did game. a lot of that. You, you studied a lot, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had to. I'm not yeah. as smart as you. So <laughs> just even – and I still finished behind you, which is, just nah. kills me. It kills me. But I studied all the time, right? I was on top of it. And when it came that year, it came down to finals. I barely cracked open a book. I think we had like maybe two weeks were as, as yeah. before finals and everybody was studying real hard. And I was – I was going to the gym. I was going out. I was, I was enjoying life because I was ready. Right. And I got great grades. The following yeah. year, <laughs> I wasn't oh, as Oh, you prepared. took it easy junior year? Is that, yeah? And I crammed. And I didn't good. do nearly as well. So, yeah. Well, yeah. That, and that happens a lot. People do good in an interview. They say, I've got it down. And they think, oh, I'll just review my resume before the next one. No, guys. Mm, no. no. The, the stakes are always rising. They're always rising. And Skype interviewing is a good example of the stakes. Right. And look, if you want more than one offer, you have to be ready in a unique way for every single interview you have, whatever stage you're at. Yeah. And Skype is no different, right? It's no different. Yeah. So what's unique to Skype? What do we have to do for Skype? How do we prepare for that? Because there are some unique conditions here. Yeah, there are some things which are different, okay? First of all, you've got to get your setup right, okay? Look, you've got to test your Skype settings. If you're going to use a laptop, you'll need to have the machine positioned at the right height and the angle to give the right view of you. i got to tell you something. I've seen a lot of people, they have their laptop down on their desk, they're sitting up close to the desk, and the, the darn camera for a Skype, and the webcam in the lid of the, uh, of the laptop is looking up their nostrils. It's like, dudes, the worst vision of you is what's often called a hi-hat in movie making, which is a shot from down below up the front of you toward your face. If you do that from a desktop to your face, your nose looks huge. The, the lighting is almost always bad. It's probably going to be fluorescent lighting. And you look awful. Look, get some books. Put several books. Stack your laptop up on 10 books so your laptop is literally the, the, the keyboard of your laptop is at your nose so that the lid of your laptop is above you and you can tilt your chin up just a little bit and yet the camera is still like at your forehead or slightly above it. Now, you don't want to keep your chin down and then end up looking through your eyebrows at the camera. In fact, I, I'm tempted to, to post a couple of shots with, a, I think there's a way on, on our Max, right, to take a, a shot of yourself. Sure there is. Right, yeah. a picture of yourself. Oh, you to can do anything what it looks Max. like. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to, put, to, to give you two different shots of, of me being ready for an interview, you know, from down below and up above. This is huge. And, and people are so used to, oh, it's my laptop and this is the way I always look on Skype. Why would you want to look in an interview the way you always look? It doesn't make any sense. To <laughs> Particularly me. if the way you always look isn't very good. <laughs> I got to tell you, 
I mean, literally, I, I'm sitting here holding my laptop now, and I'm at a hotel desk here on the road getting ready to do a conference tomorrow. And I'm guessing the right height for my laptop sitting in a typical desk chair on the desk, it's 12 inches, if not more, maybe even 15 inches, from the base of my laptop. I'm holding it like I would a tray if I were a waiter, from the base of my laptop to the desk. I can only imagine uh, what it would be like if I, I'm tempted to do it, but I don't want to get distracted from the, from the show just because people will be wondering, I wonder what it looks like. But it, it would be bad to have the laptop down at my desk. And if I lean forward, it would look like I was trying to attack the laptop because the laptop was below me and it would still be looking up my nose, which is just not good. I mean, I don't know. I think there's a rule about that. Don't have anybody look up your nose with an interview. I tried it one time. I thought it'd be very useful to appear relaxed. I, you know, I don't want to appear nervous in interviews. No, so I, even, I know what you're going to say. So I, I set this laptop up here. across on a desk, and then no, no, I no, put no, my no, reading no, chair no, over no, by no. the fireplace. I lit a fire. I this put is on me a, saying no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I put, a smoking I put on a red, jacket, right? Yeah. A red velvet smoking jacket. Yeah, no, I didn't get the job, surprisingly. Yeah, dude, that's the most made-up story ever. Yeah, pretty um, much. As Kate, would, as Kate would say, that's the most made-up story ever. Look, you sit in your office chair, and oh, by the way, if it's your office you want to do it in, it's a corner of your bedroom, that's fine, but we'll go further into background here in just a minute. But if your office chair is a piece of junk, and there's a better one somewhere else in the house, get one of the chairs around the dining room table. Absolutely get a chair, you know, get a different chair. You don't need a gigantic chair. Yeah, an Aeron chair would be great. They're wonderful chairs, but you don't need that. But on the other hand, don't be sitting on a stool. You want to be at a desk and you want to be sitting up as if you were trying to have straight posture in a posture class, sending a message of I'm an alert, attentive, focused professional. Yeah. It folks, in addition to sitting in a in a proper chair. You check your background. I, I was interviewing somebody one time. It wasn't on Skype. It was it was uh, a different a different mechanism, but it was video. And I swear to God, the guy had piles of dirty laundry in the background. I swear, dude. dude right? Oh, why, why are they looking at my background? I could just see the guy saying, "No, well, why is he? My laundry shouldn't matter. What should matter is how <laughs> yes. good I interview. Yeah, well, well, or how well you prepare." <laughs> Yeah. It was distracting to see some of these dirty underwear. I'm sorry. I just you know. yeah. And, and look, you don't want the interviewer distracted. You want yeah. the interviewer focused on you. You don't need to build a Potemkin village of perfection behind you that might fall down or have a sheet behind you that might ripple in the breeze or something. It's fine if it's in an office bedroom and there's a bed behind you. Although, if you look at a lot of people doing little video bloglets, blogettes, or whatever you want to call them on the web. They tend to be pretty careful. They don't always have a green screen or something. They have a bookshelf or something behind them. If, if you're do, using a laptop and you can move the laptop, ask yourself, what room can I be in for which the door can be locked and which I can have the laptop at the right height and the background will be neutral or plain or there'll be nothing in it other than something that looks, if not professional, at least non-personal. Right. Not a bright window that's going nope. to cause the camera to shut down and you're in shadow. I mean, there's a, a number of things. Just look at yourself ahead of time in the conditions you plan on being when you have the interview and just make sure it looks professional. Yeah. And look, when you're messing with your settings on Skype, and by the way, one of the ways you can check that is you can call your Skype number from a cell phone. 
you can't assume, by the way, the company is going to be calling you from under the Skype line and they're just going to dial your Skype. They may, I mean, frankly, I recommend you have, you spend a little extra money and get an actual phone number. But, but that be the case, if you can call from your cell phone or from a landline phone and make sure that your phone rings and you're able to answer your Skype call and the video doesn't require five clicks of you being nervous. Okay, I'm setting up my settings. Hold on just one second. It should be automatic. So when the call comes in and you click on the button to answer, your video pops up and your background is set and you're ready to go. Start video automatically. Now, you have to turn that off when you're done if you don't want people seeing into your house when you're on Skype, if you Skype frequently. But frankly, the vast majority of people I know don't Skype that frequently. And so therefore, when they do, they don't have video on. And so you need to set that setting so that it automatically starts so you're not messing with it. And frankly, Wendy and I, when I, we do our one-on-ones, we use Skype. And oftentimes, if it's not set up to start automatically, once the call starts, it's not easy for me. I don't know why. It could be a bandwidth issue. It's hard to get it started once the call is started. In my experience, if it's set to start automatically when I'm talking to Wendy, if I start it automatically, it's much less problematic in terms of getting video while we're on the call. Okay. So it's video, right? So you have to dress the part. So help me. I mean, you've done a lot of helping folks present and speeches and all that kind of stuff. So my thought is like all they can see is from my waist up. So I put on a, a suit jacket. I put on my white button down Oxford shirt with a nice tie and shorts and flip flops. Yeah. So let me go back. I want to, before I before I answer that with my fashion mullet story, um, uh, of which you 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 have a pack you have a picture of me at the SeaTac Airport in my fashion mullet, <laughs> which I'm famous for in San Antonio, by the way, at the airport. But I want to go back and when I talk about getting set up right, okay, when it comes to technology, if you're going to have to call the company and you're calling a standard phone. You're going to have to have money in the Skype account because that costs money. Some people have free Skype accounts and then wonder why they can't get through. It's because you haven't set up a Skype account. You haven't set up a, a credit card. So be very cautious. If you are going to be calling the company, make sure you can call your own cell phone and that there's money in the account and that it's automatically set up to debit and there will be money on your credit card so that you don't lose the call in the middle or you don't get a reminder saying you need to put $5 more in, which just is like being at a payphone. There are some people on the, who are listening right now who don't even know what payphones are, but um, you know, please deposit another quarter or another dollar. Right, you don't want that. You absolutely don't want that. And that happened to me early on with Skype. I didn't know, like, okay, Skype, fine, I'll use it. I hated it. I'll use it, fine. And I didn't know I had to have a credit card for it. No, call me stupid, but at least it didn't happen in an interview. Um, I knew knew not to do that. Uh, And by the way, I'm a little overprotective of interview preparation. I would spend an hour making sure I had it right. Why? Not because the preparation is that important. Any evidence of absence of preparation sends a message of lack of interest. And it also makes it so that you're thinking about something else when you're getting asked the questions which are going to determine whether or not you're going to another interview or an offer. And interviewing is so intense, we don't want to be thinking about something else. We want all that preparation to disappear. 
you know, I think Arnold Palmer, it may have been Jack Nicholas said, I, I never ever sunk a putt the first time I, I took it because I had already made it a thousand times. He's picturing himself doing it over and over again. He's practicing, he's practicing, he's practicing. What do pro golfers do after they get done playing in a round, whether they win or lose? There are people who, there are pro golfers who win the tournament and then go back to the range and hit more balls. Right? That's what professionals do. They prepare and over-prepare, not because the preparation is important, but the absence of preparation makes you less effective, and it also sends a message about lack of interest. All right, that said. So, look, there, yeah, there's an old story about news anchors that they used to only dress to the waist down. That's false. I mean, there may have been some people who did it as a lark on local stations in smaller network areas, but no, that's false. There, it is true that network people who get seen on TV, get their suit coats or their, their coats uh, tailored so that they look good sitting down, which is a slightly different look than most of us do. We get them tailored, uh, fitted to us while we're standing. But yeah, I'm, I'm famous for wearing a sport coat over surfboard shorts uh, and flip-flops when I travel. That's your fashion mullet. That's what you call it. Okay. Yeah, it's business, business on top and party on the bottom. Yeah. And it's because <laughs> I'm a surfer and I'm a volleyball player and I travel all the time. And if I wore all of the trousers, if I took all the trousers I needed with me on all the trips, because I can't wear a pair of trousers on the plane on Monday and have them look sharp in front of a client or in front of a conference on Tuesday. That's another pair of long wool trousers that I have to wear. So... Yeah, I'm a little bit famous for that, and I wouldn't do it in an interview. I say that to all the people who listen to me who are San Antonio Homeland Security folks, TSA folks, transportation security people, because no, I would not do it in an interview. You've got to dress completely if you're in a suit, okay? If your papers fall on the floor accidentally and you have to lean over to pick them up, your webcam falls off its perch on the top of your screen. Uh, if for some reason, that you, they get a view of your lap. It looks like a Potemkin village, which is not a good look, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty unlikely. But again, if you're totally prepared, you don't panic twice when the webcam gets jostled because you're nervous and you're excited and you bump your laptop's corner because it's stacking, it's standing on a stack of books, right, which is an awkward place for it to be. Or they're telling you there's too much, there's too much light in the room and you're trying to adjust slightly and you accidentally bump it. And now you have two problems. And as we said before in interviewing, you're allowed a couple of problems in an interview. You're allowed to make a mistake, and then what we recommend or what we, what we like to see is someone who brushes it off and just handles it. Okay, I made a mistake. It's fine. Okay. The mistake that people make, the big mistake in interviews is the second one that happens after the first one because you're, you're befuddled, you're frazzled because of the mistake and you literally can't hear the second question that's asked after you mess up the first one because you're thinking oh my gosh i made a mistake oh my gosh oh my gosh wait a minute is the recruiter talking so if you're prepared and if you're fully dressed if you jostle the camera it's like hey isn't that great i you know i jostle the camera no big deal if you're not fully dressed and then you jostle the camera and now it's oh my gosh i jostle the camera and oh my gosh they're going to see that i'm not fully dressed preparation is required dress fully in a suit wear a tie we just got a question recently from somebody who, who asked us, right, hey, uh, you know, I'm interviewing and just want to double check. At least he was smart. I know I'm supposed to wear a suit, just double checking. Here's the situation, casual environment, blah, 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 technical, so on. Just double checking. And I wrote back, duh, because he's a friend. 
And I wanted to be absolutely clear, dude, don't ask me that anymore. Just wear a suit. And as it turns out, the story he tells us is he went into the interview in a suit. The guy who was interviewing him, some senior VP, was also in a suit. And he said, you know, I was going to take you to this taco place, but we're both dressed nice. Let's go someplace nice. And they had a nice long lunch, not outside at a taco stand, which probably would have been great tasting, but hopefully you're not tasting your food terribly much when you're interviewing over lunch. And the candidate was able to totally focus. And that happened because he was dressed well for the interview. But you missed the, the most important part of that story. What? What our friend told us was he was told to dress down, that it was casual. Yes. And that the person he would be interviewing with, this senior VP, was going to be dressed in business casual. And right. our friend took her advice and dressed in a suit anyway. And it yeah. turns out when he shows up, the guy's in a suit and they can guy's go and have a, a nice lunch. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. And you know what would have happened? Think about that for a minute. He dresses up in a suit, right? He does the right thing. If he'd followed the guidance, hey, let's, you know, hey, it's casual. They say casual. I ask him a double time. Dash him again. You're sure because I'll wear a suit. No, no, no. He'll be casual. You'll be casual. Totally fine. And the guy comes in in a suit. Our friend is in casual clothes, feels totally betrayed, and there's nobody listening to this show, and myself included, whose betrayal or sense of, oh my gosh, I'm underprepared, or it appears I'm underprepared when in fact I'm doing what they told me to do, doesn't affect your ability to interview as effectively as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So look, there's something else too. Part of the reason you wear a suit to an interview is to make you feel different. All right. This is not an ordinary event. Maybe we wish it were, but it's not. Clothes maketh the man is, in fact, to some extent, true. And look, ahead of the interview, get dressed in the clothes you intend to wear. Once you're dressed, find the audio-visual setup in Skype. By the way, guys and ladies, too, to some degree, you can't wear a striped dress shirt. Digital transmission of analog images, which you're an analog image, creates what is known as moire pattern, M-O-I-R-E. And uh, if you'll notice, watch TV for the next couple of weeks, you'll see that the anchors never wear stripes unless they're broadcasting in high definition. And they're very careful about it. They're usually very broad stripe, what's often called a bingle stripe as opposed to a pinstripe, because that stripe creates an interference pattern in the masks and the filters that exist in, in video transmission. So you don't, you absolutely don't want to do that. But you want to look, check that the colors and cut present the image you want to project. Ladies, don't forget to lean forward to ensure you remain covered up a little bit. We don't need cleavage in interviews. Something else a little bit as well. I, I'm really surprised by this. Um, people pick out the suit they're going to wear, and then they're rushing around to get it cleaned or pressed or whatever. And by the way, folks, don't, clean, don't dry clean your suits as often as you think. Just press them after you wear them. Dry cleaning takes the life out of a suit very, very quickly. But once you decide a week in advance or, or three days in advance or when you hear about the interview the, the morning before the afternoon of the interview, get the clothes on, make sure you know what you're going to wear, and put them aside, and that's your interviewing attire, okay? Don't wear it around the house all day, but make sure that's the interviewing stuff, don't touch it, and then get into it a half an hour before the interview. The reason I mentioned about ladies sitting forward in cleavage is you won't have that problem if your camera's way down low, but the other problem is they'll be looking up your nose, which is not good. So if you raise your camera up a little bit, you've got to make sure that you're sitting up straight with your shoulders back so that your blouse doesn't fall forward. It's distracting, and it makes the interviewer uncomfortable. It absolutely does. And it's your responsibility to dress professionally, which doesn't include having your, your blouse fall forward. 
Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.